Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into CHGO White Sox Podcast. I'm Sean Anderson. I'm the host of the CHGO White Sox Podcast. This podcast is presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. I am Sean Anderson. Welcome in to our CHGO studios here in the West Loop. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And today I'm joined by my guys, Vinny Duber and Herb Lawrence. Vinny Duber, the man in the mustache and in the great John Prine shirt. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. And the man in the middle, Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. You can follow us Chicago White Sox, CHGO White Sox. I keep saying that. I said that twice today. I don't know why today. After, That's what it stands for. Uh, yeah, after after six podcasts, now I'm saying the full city name, even though that's <laughs> not the company name. So CHGO White Sox, you can follow us on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox, and you can follow CHGO Sports at CHGO underscore Sports. Thank you for all of your support so far. It has been very overwhelming and very, very fun to see, and we're excited to discuss baseball. It is back. We are excited to talk about real action. Rick Hahn meant the media today. Vinny asked some, some great questions. We'll get some audio to you from Rick Hahn and the White Sox general manager. We'll be talking about some free agents. Kind of did this with the trades yesterday. We made some trades, some fake proposals for you, and now we will pick a free agent that the White Sox should go after in our minds. And then we will start off with the most important thing. Spring training is started. Players are reported. Liam Hendricks is swearing up a storm on the mound already, Vinny. You talked to Rick Hahn. We're going to go into some spring training storylines. But first, we got an icebreaker. In that media availability, Rick Hahn was asked by ESPN 1000's Jesse Rogers and ESPN 1000's, uh, or ESPN 1, ESPN's Jesse Rogers, uh, who is this first call? Who is Rick Hahn's first call at the, uh, after the deadline passed? And Rick Hahn, uh, or, or, I'm sorry, this is bad. Rick was asked by Jesse Rogers, was there an agent or player that you called right away? And Rick Hahn, very succinctly, very briefly, with no emotion, said, yep. So the question is, left it very open-ended for us, who was Rick Hahn's first call? Vinny, I'll go to you. Yeah, that's a good question. Who was Rick Hahn's first call? I, I, you know, I think the, uh, the serious answer might be somebody like Scott Boris, right? I mean, he's got so many mm-hmm. guys uh, out there on the free agent market right now that I'm, Carlos sure, I'm sure a lot of people's first calls were to, uh, a lot of GM's first calls were to Scott Boris uh, last night. But uh, yeah, I'm sure there's some funnier ones that the folks on Twitter uh, thought up. I would like to think, you know, maybe he called up, uh, you know, uh, you know, Luna Carpeting or Empire Carpet, you know, <laughs> go with a famous a famous Chicago number that you're always told to call. That might be the one. 773-202. Luna. Uh, Matt Ryan in the chat, not Matty Ice, the other one. Uh, he says Rodon, which which would have been my choice. Uh, there was a couple parts, and we'll get to the audio. I, I think that he, he left the door open possibly for Carlos Rodon, or at least that's what I'm thinking. But who was his first call? Who was Rick Hahn's first call? 100%. It's Scott Boris. <laughs> like. Scott Boris runs baseball. Like, Working on that cease extension. Exactly. Cease extension. <laughs> Chris Bryant coming through. You know, uh, that's Chris the, Bryant. Yeah, Chris Bryant coming through. He's like, hey, he wanted to check in. I think Rick <laughs> is leaving no stone tur- left unturned. Castellanos, too, is, Ex- a, is, a, is a Boris right. guy. Boom. Yeah, yeah. you're like making sure that, hey, we have interest in your client. Don't sign a deal without us getting a notification on them because we want your client, X, Y, or Z, whichever one it is. I think everybody called Scott Boris first. I think his first call was Scott Boris, and I think his second call was uh, 
Farhan Zahadi, uh, the general manager of the San Francisco Giants, to get letting, your trade yeah, done. letting Boris know <laughs> Dallas Keuchel's on the move to San Francisco. Gotcha. Uh, they've already worked out that deal. But I posed the question on Twitter. Uh, no wrong answers. Who is Rick Hahn's first call to? Someone said Carl Everett. Uh, my guy Alex said Daniel Palka. Uh, Janice, <laughs> uh, a contributor here uh, for CHGO White Sox and the new host of the CHGO Sky podcast. She said Pizza Hut. Um, which, you know, uh, well, Herb would a, be all a, about that. She must have been tuned into Herb's at Jan's rant the callback. Yeah. Uh, people loved saying Liuri was his first call. Um, mine, I agree with uh, Paduda, uh, who said Carlos Rodon, I wish. Uh, and then my favorite one was uh, Sean Figgins from uh, White Sox Truther. And then someone <laughs> responded and said, he said Rick, not Kenny, uh, which I know Herb got a laugh out of. So uh, that was the icebreaker. Uh, we have uh, Greg Miller also chiming in. This was another one uh, that we saw called Jerry to see if it's okay uh, to give out a $100 million deal. And Fred says Han called to see if someone wanted Kimbrel, which that's a real answer right there. Right. Uh, but he's probably been making that discussion, and those phone calls could could be made, at least from my understanding. And I'm just surprised that it out. didn't happen as yet. Like mm-hmm. those conversations, nothing could, did, right? Yeah, could have yeah. happened already. Maybe Rick's just holding his powder, just so you know. Yeah, that was a good deal. Good job, Phillies or Nationals or whoever team he uh, conver- had a conversation with. But it wants to see a better deal. Maybe somebody is desperate for a closer, and C- Craig Kimbrough will be the person to uh, fill that spot. So, yeah, if Rick Hahn is calling anybody for Craig Kimbrough, I thought that deal had already been done. So I'm very disappointed. We have no action except for what? Martin Perez? <laughs> yes, Martin Perez making his much-anticipated uh, return Martin to Perez. the Texas Rangers after being with Minnesota in 2019. They're dancing in the streets of Arlington, they Texas. Are. This is bigger than Corey Seager. <laughs> yeah. Bigger than Marcus Simeon. It's Martin Perez. Uh, he's returning. I just think uh, all these GMs years. and are just like very cautious. Like we want to make sure that no one acts and thinks that we call the player or an agent during this lockout, because last thing we want to be is cited by MLB or one of the players and say, Hey, we caught you talked illegally during the, during the off time. (laughs) We can't do that. Just make the damn deal. Like we all know you talked. It's like lovey sitting at Julius Pepper's house at 1201 on free agency. (laughs) Come on now. Come on now, let's let's stop the tampering uh, garbage. I know we're you know the, with the Bulls, Lonzo Ball, the same thing. We're we're fine, guys. Sign somebody. Somebody have some action. We're on pins and needles. Buster only reporting that a veteran agent says that six to eight deals are currently in the works, so we might no, be getting agreed more. Agreed to. Oh, agreed to, but agreed again, to. haven't been announced. He so. said the, in the words "agreed to." So why are they not out here? I don't know. I mean, what, what was the vibe that you got from Rick Hahn? Because, uh, you know, Jesse Rogers, which started this icebreaker, was trying to get a cheeky response from Rick Hahn, and he did with the just very, you know, uh, melodramatic yep. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, it feels like there are conversations happening, but it still feels like they need to negotiate. Like, the, the free agent market hasn't been open for over 100 days, Vinny. I mean, what was the vibe from Rick Hahn on what negotiations have been like so far? It's, it's weird. I, I really kind of got this, you know... Usually the first day of spring training, we hear from Rick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He gives kind of a welcome to spring training. I think James Fegan even brought it up in the in the interview session saying, usually on the first day of spring training, we ask you who's all injured. You know what I mean? That's usually kind of the news to come out of those kind of press conferences because the offseason business has been done for a month or more already. But um, this is a very unique situation. It's hopefully the only one of these we're ever going to see. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I didn't really get a vibe that anything was going on. But, again, as Rick always likes to remind us, the White Sox do their best business when right. nobody's paying attention kind of thing. So it was very much a hey, everybody, the lockout's over, press conference to me. There was nothing really to report. There was nothing really in terms of spring training yet because Rick is not at spring training yet. He'll, he said he'll be going tomorrow. So uh, it, it was odd. It was it was kind of a, hey, we're allowed to talk to you guys again. <laughs> right. And so nice to see you kind of thing. This, this, I'm, uh, I think, uh, who is it? Jed Hoyer or Theo Epstein uh, once made the call into 670 the score and said, I'm doing this out of obligation, which it, it felt like, and I don't <laughs> think Rick was, you know, Rick likes baseball. Rick wants to be back, and, and he was—he seemed excited about baseball being Absolutely. back. But again, the White Sox are very, very uh, covert, and and not a lot—you know—was really announced. There are some newsy stuff that we're excited to get into in just a little bit. But 
White Sox spring training storylines. I mean, opening day pretty much for, for spring training. We see Liam Hendricks there. Tim Anderson's there. Uh, your guy, Wes Kath, is getting uh, swore at by Liam he's, Hendricks. He's been there. Wes <laughs> yes, Kath has, West been, Kath there. has been there. It was funny. Me and Herb were saying there's all these there's all these videos coming out of Camelback Ranch of Colson Montgomery and Wes <laughs> Kath taking all the big league pitchers deep. And I turned to Herb. I go, yeah, of course they are. They're the only guys that have been swinging a bat for the last week and a half. And and Vinny's asked, like, would you want Wes Kath over uh, Lurie at second? And I thought about it for really <laughs> long time. And I'm West like, Cap, who doesn't play second base. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what am I, my hatred and or distaste for Lurie is actually clouding my judgment. God, I can't believe that. Like, I was like, yeah, no, Lurie. Okay, Lurie. A- Andrew Get Vaughn regular uh, Come on also now. didn't expect to be drafted and play second base. I don't think Jake Berger Very expected true. it either. So, hey, West Cath, you know, start taking I mean, grounders. He is second. a shortstop in high school. They're going to try to convert him to third base. So, he has the skills. If you're a shortstop, you can play anywhere. He's pretty tall, though. 6'4 is a pretty lanky uh, lanky uh, like second baseman. Yeah, like LeMahieu. Uh, Corey Seager is pretty big. Uh, he's, you know, he's a middle infielder right there. Uh, and Fred saying, speaking of injuries, I was happy to see Lynn out there caustically, cautiously op- optimistic. We'll get into that in a little bit. I think Rick Hahn addressed that enough, and there's a there's a, a bit that we need you to hmm. hear about that because I'm a little iffy on Lance Lynn, but hmm. we'll talk about that. But let's get into the spring training storylines. We'll go to Herb first because you were the one that you know started this whole conversation. You pitched this idea. You think the the White Sox and the CBA have a, a very you know fun or at least interesting relationship uh, with the new CBA that's been announced, huh? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of new rules that are going to be implemented that hurt the White Sox. I mean, when you have a 12-team playoff now instead of the 10-team playoff, it makes another team in the American League be able to beat you. That is not good for the White Sox. That makes Sorry, team- this is from Daryl Vance Gowan. West Cath, uh, lefty swinger, took crochet deep, too. Yeah, yeah. he said oh, that, that. Okay, yeah. that, that was oh, the sorry. one. No, I, didn't didn't know if he, I don't know if he hit another one. West Cath <laughs> is going off today. Yes. I, I'm telling you. I, I had to think about it for a second. West Cath is the man. He's only 19, guys. But, yes, I was thinking 12-team playoff, not good for the White Sox because more people are in the tournament. Anybody can win them. Now the first round, also best of three series. Mm -hmm. Not great. Not awesome for the White Sox. They have to get the first two buys. I think in the American League and the National League, they have uh, the two division winners, the top two division winners, get those buys. White Sox need to be aiming for those so they don't get beat up and caught up by the Twins or the Royals or the Guardians. Right, and you did no no swear jar for, for for Herb in that one. And I just think like you know this is our con- our time of contention. So yeah, it's not great for the White Sox. And one thing I think White Sox fans hold dearly is Game One Sixty Three versus the Twins. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, they say there's no longer a One Sixty Three. There's not in the next uh, CBA. The five years going no One Sixty Three tiebreakers NFL style. So back in two thousand eight. When the Minnesota Twins won more games versus the White Sox than the White Sox won versus the Twins, the Twins would have been going to the playoffs immediately. If that happens in the future, that's what's going to happen. So that's not a good a good scenario, and we don't have those magical moments like Tommy hitting a ball right. out of the out he, of the I mean, stadium. He got a statue for it. I mean, Ken Griffey uh, Jr. And, and his one con- contribution to the White the Sox, and Brian Anderson with a great catch. That's electric. That right. won't happen ever again. And they love the gimmick so much, they're bringing it back for every postseason game now, too. I mean, the, the whole blackout thing that started in 2008, and you're, you're seeing it uh, now in, in, in you know, 2021 when you know, they have Game 3 and Game 4. They're trying to get that back and trying to recapture that energy. And that was something really unique to Game uh, 163. I always loved those. I thought that was unique about baseball. You have to extend it. You need to figure out who is better. 162 wasn't enough. You need you know 26.3 miles to finish out uh, the marathon. <laughs> I really love that. I'm disappointed that that idea has been erased from the game, Benny. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what it does do is it makes that 2008 moment all the more special Very because true. now it's extra unique because it can't even happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in terms of folks who look back fondly on that moment, that probably only enhances the the specialness of that or of, of that moment. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think what it does do maybe is it sets up a very kind of fun situation like there was uh, just a couple of years later when you remember the last day of the regular season, all that craziness that happened. Obviously, the White Sox weren't involved, uh, but, you know, the, the with the Rays and the, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Orioles all playing mm-hmm. on that last night. I think the Braves clinched a, a playoff spot. The Cardinals clinched a playoff right? spot all on that last day. And maybe you got that now where you're looking at the tiebreakers and you can be, you know, 
know, you know, the, the, the White Sox need this to happen and this to happen. And, <laughs> and people can watch an entire day of baseball as, a, as opposed to just one game, even to kind of determine their team's fate. That kind of is a little bit more fun, but uh, certainly, yeah, the, the whole uh, winner go home vibe is always something that electrifies folks. The thing that I'm most excited about in the new, uh, in the new CBA, of course, no more of that t- terrible ghost runners on second. No more, no more, no more auto runners. I, I call. I think I, I always referred to it when I was tweeting covering the games the last two years is that, you know, uh, you know, let's say the White Sox are ahead by three and, and Liam Hendricks comes in. Liam Hendricks comes in to na- uh, coming in to try to nail it down. If he gives up three runs, it's onto the free runner innings. They weren't even extra anymore. They were free runners. I, I hated that rule and I'm glad to see it. Well, and, and I don't know what's up with the MLB and like the spookiness, but like ghost runners, ghost wins. You know, we're getting very haunted yes. here in, in uh, October, Major League man. Baseball. October. Yes, October and, is. And so is, it's. We were talking the other day about long nine inning uh, double headers. So it's not about the actual game being shorter for you because those ghost runners, I think, shortened those games. Absolutely. Like you barely went to 14 innings in those ghost runner uh, era. So it's more about let's play real baseball. For, ghost me, runner is for dumb. me, it was you should win or lose by succeeding or failing okay. at what you're trying to do. And when teams were losing in the absence of failure, that to me didn't make sense. Well, it also just seemed tough because, like, I mean, like, we, you could throw out, like, Garrett Crochet. Garrett Crochet can make a great pitch outside corner, and the guy just hits a bleeder up the middle, and, you know, boom, he, he scores a run. Like, Don't even just- think about it that way. Think about, <laughs> think about this. Ground ball to the right side. Sacrifice fly, strikeout. Right, One, go. two, three inning could lose you a game. Yeah. And, and that, yeah. And I, I didn't love that, but I did like some of the action that was created. It did move games on a, a little bit quicker. Sure, sure. And it, it did put, you know, more action in the game, and it, it created at least tighter games. And, you know, if you did go down by one in, in, in the top of the 10th, you know, bottom, uh, you know, bottom 10, you just two-run blast, and boom, you win the game. So, yeah. like, there, there is some excitement that I was created by it, but it's not baseball. I didn't love it. The seven-inning doubleheader thing, I, I'm a little disappointed that that's gone because, uh, you know, again, baseball needs to be shorter, I feel like, <laughs> as a whole product, but it's not the end of the world. I'm not going to complain about more baseball. Uh, let's go into one of the other storylines here. Uh, we don't have a clip from Rick Hahn. Uh, he did talk about it uh, today, but this was a guy we talked about this week, Garrett Crochet. There was some news on Garrett Crochet and his usage in 2022. Rick Hahn said that it's going to be similar to the Michael Kopech role that we saw last year. We're going to see some some length from, from Garrett Crochet, but we're going to see him in the bullpen for 2022. We discussed this this week, kind of had the, you know, the takeaway that it is an important year for Garrett Crochet hearing that the Sox are going to take the Michael Kopech approach with him in 2022. Do you like that, Herbie? I think it's for the player. Yeah, Garrett Crochet, it's great. I don't like it necessarily for myself because I think Garrett Crochet profiles more of an elite reliever, but they're trying to uh, maximize his uh, worth and his value. So, yeah, stretch him out, see if he can succeed in those type of roles like Michael Kopech succeeded last year. And then next year, 2023, when probably Keiko's gone, and maybe some other people are looking elsewhere, or you when you have a uh, Lucas Giolito on his last year of his contract, mm-hmm. you could say, "Okay, Lucas, cool. I appreciate your number you're you're throwing at us, but we have Garrett Crochet ready in the wings mm-hmm. to be the starter in 2024 when you ramp up." So yeah, it's good for the White Sox to have options in that regard. And if he doesn't su- succeed at being stretched out, he's always going to be a great reliever, I think, especially with the two pitch mix that he has with the fastball and the slider. Anything else from Han on the topic that like we, we missed out, or is that basically the gist that it's going to be Kopech style? Um, I think that it will depend on what Crochet shows him in the spring. I, th- I don't think this is finalized, you know, set in stone, and Rick said as much. Um, but one thing that Rick said today, kind of maybe the standout quote for me from his whole thing was, you know, people always ask about the, the kind of the goals, the aspirations, and, you know, it's been, the, the questioning has been in an incremental fashion, you know what I mean? Oh, what are your expectations this year? You guys want to get into the playoffs? <laughs> like, oh, what are your expectations this year? You guys want to win the division? And Rick Hahn said, listen, I don't think we'd be doing our job if our aspiration wasn't to do everything we can to win the World Series. Making Garrett Crochet a reliever for 2022 is a move to help the White Sox win the World Series in 2022. That is the best move for this team in 2022. That being said, I have questions on whether it can produce a starting a big league starting pitcher, right. be it in 23 or 24. We'll find out. And so that will be not just a spring training storyline like the like the lower third says there, but a season-long and a years-long storyline with Garrett Crochet. Um I think that Kopech was obviously starting from a much different point. Garrett mm-hmm. Crochet had 
has no minor league experience to speak of, no professional starting experience to speak of. I don't know how successful, or I just, you know, I'm just questioning how successful can you turn a guy into a starting pitcher while having him be a bullpen pitcher for a championship <laughs> caliber team. And we'll, we'll see. Masters. We'll see. Maybe it works out just fine. Maybe he does have to spend some time in the minors in the years down the road. For this year, the best thing to do for the White Sox in terms of winning the World Series is Garrett Crochet in that bullpen. Yeah, and you mentioned the the time and the difference between Kopech and Crochet. In 2017, Kopech in the minors threw 134 and a third innings. Uh, he also pitched uh, in 2018, 126 and a third innings. And then he hit 69 and a third last year with his first full season with the White Sox in 2021. Crochet, six innings pitched in 2020, and then 54 and a third. So, I mean, he would need to add about 15 more innings to his workload to match Kopech's production, and Kopech was dealing with injuries as well. Uh, Crochet did a a little bit as well uh, throughout 2021, but, you know, Kopech was a little bit sidelined. So, I mean, I think the goal probably for Crochet is 75 innings. I think that'd be a nice ceiling for him. I'll just say that the, the difference between those two pitchers is last year with Michael Kopech when he was making spot starts almost, I believe, exclusively in, in doubleheader double headers, games, yeah. was you put him out there and you're like, oh, okay, well, he can go four or five innings in a start. We've seen him do it before. Yeah. Garrett Crochet, again, has the ability maybe to do that, but if you were to put him on the mound to start a game, I would view him personally as more of an opener exactly, rather than the starting pitcher who's going to give you length in that game. But we'll see. Garrett Crochet is young, and so maybe his arm is healthy enough and he has the stamina to, to make that work. And right now, uh, looking at... Uh, Kopech starts from 2021. Uh, he had a uh, uh, start of two innings, three innings, four innings, and five innings. So, I mean, we saw some like the lo- the longest crochet went, and we mentioned this uh, back when we were talking about him, three innings against Texas uh, back in April. And then, you know, after that, it was like two innings and then, you know, less. It, it, he really didn't get a lot of long uh, outings in, in 2021. Yeah, and so this is going to be a problem, I think, if you're serving two masters. As Vinny said, 2022, you can only win the championship this year. So it should be... Hey, Garrett Crochet, what can you do for us this year? And if it is stretching him out a little bit and that's best for the White Sox, do it. But if it's, hey, we're putting Garrett Crochet in this game and, yeah, he hasn't pitched well, but we're going to go for four innings. No, that can't happen. Garrett Crochet has to be put in the position to succeed for himself and succeed for the White Sox. That is paramount for Garrett Crochet and the White Sox. And I'll say this too, and and this is a nice segue because I think another huge spring training storyline is Michael Kopech. Right. Uh, You know, what is he going to be like in his first year as a full-time member of that rotation? Michael Kopech is not expected to be this guy who's going to throw seven innings for, Mm -hmm. you know, in 33 starts this year. So, We'll see how that works, and I think the idea is that this year is going to be kind of a developmental year for Michael Kopech, in a sense. Obviously, Michael Kopech has the stuff to help you win the championship this year, but Rick Hahn talked to us in November about, you know, part of Michael Kopech's progress this year is to make him even better for 23 and 24 and the years beyond. So maybe Garrett Crochet is on a similar timeline where you're looking at, okay, they're going to use him in the bullpen this year, maybe every once in a while stretch him out but then it's going to be a slow play, slow play kind of thing. We'll see if you can develop a guy at the major league level while you're trying to win the World Series, and I think that applies to both of those pitchers. Well, and it's interesting, too, because, I mean, Kopech obviously proved that he can come out of the bullpen. I mean, like, we talk about Crochet as an opener. Uh, I I just think that, you know, it it could be interesting, and, you know, if you have a very heavy lefty lineup, you know, one through six, let's see what Crochet could do for the next six innings, and then, you know, Kopech, let's clean it up, get get us to the seventh. And also, too, like, we, we heard this from Aaron Bummer back in spring training, the idea of that bullpen is, Give us the lead after five innings, and we will try to shut it down. That is their their goal. That's their attitude. He said they'd go 90-0 and 0 in spring training last year mm. once they had the lead after five. So as tough. long as you can get five innings, that bullpen is fine. So, I, I, you know, it's I just was about much piecing. More, I was much more confident in that. I would have been much more confident in Bummer saying that about last year's bullpen, though, than I am about their current bullpen right now. I don't know. I mean, you look at the the, the bullpen. They they have Kendall Graveman and Craig Kimball right now. On the, on the like, they have more talent. I think in but that volatility roster is Craig, in Kendall Graveman going to be the guy that showed up for the A's in twenty twenty one. I don't know. Like, you don't know if these and guys Ke- are going to be Kimball the back. Yeah, might not be there at all. Yeah, the back of the baseball card is going to show up in twenty twenty two, especially with the lack of spring training we're having right yeah. now. We're having a huge ramp up. Pitchers need this the most. Yeah, and something that Rick mentioned, too, is that they want pitching depth, and all 29 teams want pitching depth, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. But I, I think that, uh, you know, I think that talent-wise, the bullpen, if they keep Kimbrell and if they keep Graveman, it is more talented than the 2021 roster, at least on opening day. 
Because, I mean, you, you know, I, I think what you're upgrading. Uh, with, f- with fewer Kopech. names, though. With fewer names, though, I think. Because you, 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 you've lost multiple pieces of that bullpen from last year that you're basically only replacing with Graveman. I mean, like, Evan Marshall's not going to be pitching right, for right. the White Sox, and I was looking forward to him. And um, and Kopech. Kopech. Yeah, Kopech. yeah he's going to be gone. And I don't know if you're putting him in there, but my guy, Tambura, Tempera, he's, yeah, is going to be gone. He, so, But opening day, uh, when, when oh, Bummer made that, that, okay, that, that right. comment, he wasn't on the, on the roster just yet. I don't think yet. the White Sox are the bullpen they were last year. At least I thought last year's bullpen was much better, as Vinny said, than this year's bullpen. Well, and also Aaron Bummer right. was much better in 20 than he was in 21. Like, I mean, the volatility right, right there. The, yeah, Every so, year. And you most of get. Bummer stuff, too. I mean, like, this was a really you know rough defensive team last year. He's very you know reliant on ground balls. Like, there was a little bit of luck, too, with Bummer. Like, Absolutely. Like, I, I think Bummer uh, will bounce back in, in 2022. I think you'll see a better Aaron Bummer uh, in 2022. Uh, real quick, I want to mention CHGO White Sox podcast is presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you. Remember that PointsBet is your home for live in-game betting. They even have a new exclusive feature, live NBA same-game parlays. For the first time ever, build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet, and you can boost your odds, too. If you like your live same-game parlay, you get one boost on PointsBet. So if you can even make those odds just a little bit better using the live same-game parlay boost on PointsBet. And sign up is easy and fast. Download the PointsBet app right now and register from your account from start to finish from your phone. Signing up with the fastest sportsbook is now easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. Again, use code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And we mentioned the premium written content. We are going to now be behind a paywall. The, the, the great articles that you got from Vinny Duber this week, the A's fire sale, the uh, Carlos Rodon, if they can meet an, an extension uh, together, all of that great content is now behind a paywall. You, be, you can become a member at allchgo.com. You'll get access to that written membership, and when you sign up, you get a free shirt, and you can get the Brawler White Sox that you see down in that corner on a shirt. It's black. It's nice. It's crisp. It's clean. You'll look great wearing our All CHGO merch. Again, all CHGO is the website. All of those free, uh, all of those free articles that were up are now premium written content. Only members can access that. But all these live shows, all these podcasts, and all of our post game shows will be free to you. Now let's get into Rick Hahn, our guy. Uh, a lot of storylines still uh, from spring training that we get, get can get to. I know that uh, Luis Robert was mentioned in the chat. Uh, Twenty eight to one odds for him to win the American League MVP. If you're using points bet, uh, that's the odds right now. I really like that. If, if, if you think that Luis Robert can win the MVP, uh, that's one of my biggest storylines is I think that he can become a top five player in the American League. Uh, that's something that I'm ready to watch for. He isn't at camp just yet, so I can't talk about him. But uh, it, it's exciting uh, to see that you know, Luis Robert can, you know, has a lot of uh, room to grow on that points bet uh, uh, leaderboard for AL MVP. But let's get into the man, the myth, the legend himself, Rick Hahn. He met with the media today for the first time. Weird vibe, like you said, uh, of Vinny, but also not, you know, it, it's, it's, it was Rick Hahn. It was for, weird for the because most of the situation. That's mm-hmm. what, the, you know what I mean? It was the first, the first comments from him since the lockout, uh, since before the lockout. And, uh, yeah, so it was more of like, it was weird because it was like, why are we talking to you right now? And, <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no moves to announce quite yet. He's not at spring training quite yet. So the why was just. Hey, nice to see you. But yeah, he was asked a lot of questions and he made a lot of general, uh, you know, statements of of importance. Like I think like he always does, you know, general, like we have there, the vision, you know what I mean? Laying right. out the broad strokes kind of thing. I thought it was very uh, interesting that he pointed at pitching depth uh, as something that he is prioritizing him and his front office. Uh, and it makes sense, right? Because you're talking about a year in which spring training is going to be shortened, in which the pitchers are thrown off of their routines. Um, and this is coming off of two other abnormal seasons for pitchers. We saw just last year, the White Sox had the best starting pitcher pitching in the American League for what, about 
four and a half, five months, yeah. and then it seemed like everybody went on the IL at the same time. So, uh, you know, you're going to get the residual effects of to, all the way back to 2020 still lingering, and now you've got the effects of this lockout happening as well. Absolutely, and we have some two cuts that we want to play for you. We want to talk about Rick Hahn discussing a six-man rotation and then also improving the uh, team as a challenge every single day. Vinny, you asked the uh, question that led to the improving the team as a challenge every day uh, quote that we'll, we'll hear. Uh, before we get into the pitching rotation, because it is, I think, a, a more lengthier discussion. This one is, again, he didn't give too much on what the plan is, but I think this was the clearest idea that we can give. So what was the idea of the question that, that you were asking, and, and did you get the answer you wanted to? I always wonder this with beat writers. Uh, you know, if you're doing your, if you're doing your job right, you, every, any answer is the right answer, right? And so I think that I think anything can be informative if you're asking the right questions. And basically where I was coming from was – specifically the Garrett Crochet answer he gave back in November, but he gave a similar answer in regards to a lot of issues saying it's early November. We're going to figure it out kind of thing. No, we didn't. They didn't know what Garrett Crochet's role was going to be back in November. They needed to figure it out. Well, they just had three months to figure this out (laughs) where they were. I mean, literally where all they could do was talk to each other for three months. And so I was like, well, how did you guys use those three months to figure some of this stuff out? And I think he, you know, correctly viewed it as a, a kind of a thing to to talk about the offseason and the kind of moves that they're going to be making and as he's about to say as about as we're about to hear him say it's very much not about right now right we didn't see all those moves happen right at the drop of the lockout like we thought we were going to have see happen and so I think that making moves not just for the White Sox but for every team in baseball is going to be an extended thing not from now to put it in Rick's words through opening day but maybe yeah. even well past that and anticip- anticipation is making uh, Lawrence wait I could see it on his face we're <laughs> oh, gonna yeah. go to the audio now <laughs> I, I'm just like this is the first time we're doing this so I'm excited for the CHGO inaugural Rick Hahn bite. Let, let me set it up to you and I'll point when you, you're ready to play are you ready Lawrence I'm ready I'm excited oh, I'm ready. to hear this Rick is, Hahn baseball's this, back yeah, baby all right Vinny Duber set it up he he said that you know he, he was trying to figure out what Rick Hahn was doing for the past three months. So what is Rick Hahn been up to for the past three months? We had all sorts of different scenarios mapped out. What will happen if we're able to acquire this player? What does that lead to here? Oh, sort of a you know plan A through plan I don't know R <laughs> in terms of different scenarios about how this would go. Uh, in reality, it's only been the last eighteen hours that we're able to sort of see what's possibly viable and what's not. I guess the the best way to put it is we know we have a team that's very capable of winning a championship as it is, but that's not going to stop us from continuing to explore every different avenue to improve the club. And when, you know, it's easy for us to sort of do that in our offices and, and, you know, and, and out at minor league mini camp or whenever we're able to sort of gather as a group of staff members. Uh, but really it's now, you, you blend those plans with reality here over the, the next several weeks. And, and again, it, it, we're, we're, it's nice that we have the opportunity to get better now, uh, regardless what happens between now and opening day, we're going to continue to explore those opportunities well into the season and through the trade deadline. It, it's, uh, we know, we know where we're at as an organization right now and, and finding a way to get better is, is not going to stop tonight it's not going to stop in in a week once we start getting in the games and it's certainly not going to stop come opening day I liked a lot when he said you know we're going to explore every avenue they're going to go down electric avenue you know they're going to take every single option uh that's possible out there but the big quote right there Vinny uh we know we have a team that's very capable of winning a championship the way it is and yes they're going to spend every night up until the trade deadline trying to improve that team but that's that's the money quote right there from from Rick Hahn's entire 30 minute Uh, media availability session that's what fans wanted to know what is his vision of the 2022 Sox and I don't know if it's completely fair to say you know we know we have a team that's very capable of winning a championship the way it is but I don't think that's the thing that Sox fans wanted to hear well I think you're going without the context there to be quite honest I mean I I think that that the rest of that quote was guys we're gonna be working on this you know what I mean that's why I left the the, the entire audience absolutely And, and I think that that's very important I think a lot of people will grab onto the part you said like like you just did there but I think that there's more that goes along with that number one what would you expect somebody what else would you expect somebody in that position to say I I don't think Rick should be expected to say well we got a huge hole at second base and we really (laughs) got to patch up or we are screwed like I don't think that that I don't think that's gonna happen and so um you have to expect that from a 
PR standpoint from a better from a for lack of a better term. The other thing is, I think I think he thinks the White Sox roster is really, really good. I think the White Sox roster is really, really good. Can it get better? Absolutely. Will it get better? Most probably with what he with what he's planning over the next few weeks. But I mean, yeah, with a couple notable exceptions, they've got a really good player at most every position. And I think you got to look at the success that they had from a starting pitching standpoint last year as something that they're going to be banking on getting again. I know people are very concerned about Dallas Keuchel. I know people have questions about Michael Kopech, as they should. But when you look at the type of starting pitching that they put together through the regular season last year, I think that's where you can point to them thinking, oh, that is the kind of thing that can win a championship. And I don't think that that's necessarily wrong. I do think that it's very important to follow up that sentence with – they're definitely going to go out and try to do some stuff. Well, and it felt <laughs> LeBronian when he's like, it's, it's not one, not two, not three, not four. Like, it's like not today, not tomorrow. You know, this is going to be in uh, April. This is going to be in March. This is going to be May. This is going to be an entire thing up until July when we cannot stop making moves. That's what contenders do. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, I mean, Herb, you've been listening to, to coach speak, to front office speak for a long time in, in sports radio. What did you think of that money quote, as we call it? Typical Rick Hahn uh, media session. He's just giving you enough. He's affable. He's gregarious. People love Rick Hahn, but he's not going to give you what he's going to be doing, as we discussed earlier. White Sox move best when they're not detected. So, yes, I, th- I thought that answer earlier where you said, yep, I called out to <laughs> yeah. an agent or a player. Right. That was the money cult for me. That was the thing. I was like, it's, I can feel the sly smile on behind that. Like, yeah. You guys just wait. Hold on. We got y'all. Come on now. And the reason why he's saying what he said right there in the clip we just heard is because, yes, their currently constituted roster will win the AL Central if healthy. Sure. I don't think anybody disputes that. You get a ticket to the postseason. And so that's how you're going to get a championship caliber team. Get in the tournament. That's it. And if they need to supplement somewhere, right field, second base, DH, starting pitcher, I think Rick has the ability, and Jerry Reinsdorf, where we discussed the other day, doesn't want to have his friend Tony La Russa lose again. He wants to put him in the best position to win. And so he'll let allow Rick and Jeremy Haber and Kenny Williams to do their jobs correctly, hopefully, this year. And Rick, I felt a little bit more confident that Rick is allowed to do his job in this offseason up until the season starts and then up until the trade deadline. What else was said in that press conference that is interesting, I think, is he said, yeah, it's the first day of spring training, but it also feels like the winter meetings Mm -hmm. because of the volume of discussions that he's having with be it player agents or front office members from other teams or whatever he, whoever he needs to talk to to get his, you know, acquisitions done. He says it feels like the winter meetings, which is when – a lot of this stuff happens. And so I think if you're worried, if you're out there worried that, you know, we have a team that we think can win the, win the World Series as is currently constituted, means that he's going, job well done. I'll sit back and watch the games from here on out. Right. Him telling you that it feels like the winter meetings should be a signal that it feels like there's a lot of trade to, and free agent conversations happening. Well, and again, the, the money quote for Herb was that he called someone right away. So obviously there's action right there. Right. I, I'm not saying that Rick Hahn is inactive, but it is just something, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the right messaging. When, I, when you think about talking to a, a team, and obviously the last thing you want to say is like, I don't know if this team's complete. When you are you know, the general manager of a team and have to see those 26 players you know, day in and day out. Exactly, tomorrow. Um, Sorry, I'll so, just look and see if the White Sox had made a move. No, they have not. Uh, I'll update you when they do. <laughs> um, anticipation, it's making me wait. I mean, yesterday we were all negative about the season start, and then in our show, yeah. season's well, back. It, it's, we're it's, the key, guys. Watch us. We're the key <laughs> for stuff happening. Where news breaks. Let's yes. go. Um, and, and at any point, uh, news can break is, is the vibe. Uh, but it, it, does, it does feel a little anticlimactic, too. We were talking that, you know, once this opens, it's going to be a bump rush we're gonna have deals 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 I think we and are, we've got served Martin Perez I think we were unrealistic <laughs> to ourselves to realize like we know that baseball's hot stove it moves slowly yeah and well, yes we did have that that week uh before the lockout started where it was frenzied and I thought we were just gonna go right back to that but we were naive we were dumb we know that baseball's gonna take their time and get those players in when they can get them and I would love for somebody to be signed today but the right person to be signed yeah, and Vinny summed this up, too. I don't know if this was from the chunk that we played, but this is where I think it's fair to leave off. Han on 2022 expectations. I don't think any of us would be doing our jobs properly if our aspirations weren't to win a championship and feeling we need to do everything in our power to win the World Series in 2022. 
there was no at least hindering uh, a speak or hindering a, a talk of like, you know, well, we're not sure about this. We're not sure about that. It did feel very open. Like we know the moves that we're going to make. We're not going to tell you any of them. And we might not make them all. We might not right. make them all. We might not be able to make them all, right. but it does feel like there will be something to talk about at some point with the White Sox. And that's why tomorrow we'll also be live uh, from the CHGO studios. Me and Herb will be here in, in Chicago. Herb might be at his place. I'll be here. And Vinny is going to be out in Arizona because he's got to go do his job. And that's great to, <laughs> that's great to talk about. Uh, so we will be having a show for you tomorrow. If any news breaks, if any free agents are signed by the White Sox, we will have a show for you. Uh, still discussing the time, but I think it's around 3.30. Uh, and we'll, we'll lock down a time. And we'll tweet it out from at CHGO underscore White Sox. Let's go to the next audio, though, because pitching rotation, something that you brought up first with the White Sox. Very interesting discussion uh, you know, through the offseason with the White Sox fans talking about how they need to add pitching. It was nice to hear the first thing that Rick Hahn mentioned was pitching and pitching depth. I thought it was surprising. Let's hear Rick Hahn on pitching depth and a six-man rotation. Lawrence, let's go. The combination of the shortened ramp up, the lack of uh, dialogue over the last few months, uh, as well as obviously our, our high expectations for this season uh, has created the expectation that pitching depth is going to be a, a priority. I think all 29 other clubs would probably say something similar in terms of trying to protect those very important uh, elements of the club. But certainly from our perspective, being able to start the season off with the depth we need and, and build uh, hopefully for over seven plus months of baseball, having that pitching depth is going to be key. Is it way too early to talk six man rotation, creative rotation approach, or is that something you hit kind of in the ground running? Uh, you know, we've had some internal conversations about that uh, it, and Ethan and Hass and Tony have played around with some different ideas. Now, again, as we, as we understand exactly say where a, uh, Lance Lynn or Michael Kopech or whomever is at in terms of their personal uh, pacing towards the season and building towards the season. That's sort of when, once we're face to face, you can start talking about how viable some non five man rotation ideas may be. So there's a lot in there that's interesting. Uh, first off, we had somebody reach out. Now, I, I don't have their username at, at the moment. They were looking for an update on Lance Lynn. That's the closest that we got to an update on Lance Lynn. And, and I don't know if, if it's truly an update, but the fact that they're mulling a six-man rotation, uh, obviously, uh, Lance Lynn had some knee injuries, uh, knee issues last year. I think there was talk about him possibly getting a scope. Uh, there was an update back in November, but we haven't gotten much yet. Team, uh, players were able to meet with the MLB doctors throughout the lockout, uh, but not a lot of updates just yet. I thought it was interesting that Lance Lynn was the first name that he brought up. Lance Lynn with his pacing, Michael Kopech with his pacing, anyone else with his pacing. But the fact that he mentioned Lynn specifically, you know, I, I, why would they be discussing a six-man rotation, especially because we've talked about them having five starters right now in uh, Giolito, Cease, Kopech, uh, Keuchel, and Lynn. So, I mean, why would a six-man rotation even be being discussed right now? I think, is it lockout related? Is it shortened season related? Yeah, I think it is, and I, th I, I think I think the answer right there can be summed up in one word: maybe, maybe there'll <laughs> right. be a six-man rotation. We'll see. And I think that that is uh, Rick doing something that he does all the time, which is don't take anything off the table. Because guess what? They haven't been able to watch Lance Lynn pitch for three months. <laughs> they haven't been able to talk to Lance Lynn for three months. He was on the mound today in Glendale, as we saw, uh, you know, from the tweets from some, from the writers who are out there uh, already. Will be joining uh, tomorrow, but uh, they they haven't been able to sit down and analyze where Lance Lynn is health wise, and so Rickon right now, using the information that he has, which is very little compared to what he would have under normal circumstances, is going to say maybe we'll see, we'll see, we'll, we'll see how he's doing, we'll see how Michael Kopech is doing, we'll see how everybody needs to be handled before we can establish how we're going to handle everybody as a whole. And I think that you might see a more creative approach because of the lockout and because of the, the effects on starting pitchers that I was talking about earlier in the show. But if that's not necessary, if they get to Glendale and they're like, everybody looks 100%, let's, let's go, uh, then I think you'll see a five-man rotation because I think pitchers probably prefer that. Yes, Herb. Obviously, my thoughts immediately went, Carlos Rodon, the door's open. The door's open. Carlos Rodon, he's coming back. I mean, any thoughts kicking up in your head? No, I, like when you say six-man rotation, and I'm thinking about the current roster, I think Raylo. I think they're just like, Raylo had a great second half of the last year. He pitched the way we thought he would pitch uh, going forward, going after 2018, he was looking good, and then he fell off the table. So 
I don't think it's going to be a traditional six-man rotation if even they do it. I think they're thinking about Michael Kopech and saying he probably can't post every fifth day, especially with being in the bullpen last year and being a spot starter. So we'll give him a break. Here's a Raylo start. Here's here's a Michael Kopech start. You know, not every fifth. You know, and Lance Lynn, too. Yeah. yeah, Lance Lynn wants to start every fifth. Yeah. Like, hey, every fifth day, my ball. I don't want to have to wait until somebody else pitches. No, that's my ball. If he's healthy, he's going to pitch. So it's not necessarily going to affect him or Giolito or Cease. I think that's more going to affect the guys at the back end. Like, Keuchel might not be effective or Kopech needs some rest. So you'll have Raylo. And I don't know if you're bringing back Carlos Rodon to be a part of a six-man rotation. If Carlos Rodon's coming back, you're dropping one of those guys out. So it's uh, Keiko going uh, somewhere else. And to be fair, they did what you just described a lot last year. Yeah, especially because, late in the season. Because they had injuries that they had to work through. They had times, particularly with Carlos Rodon, where they wanted to give him as much rest between starts as possible. And they just drop on uh, they drop in a Tony La Russa press conference one day, oh yeah, Rodon's not going to pitch again until Monday. We're going to have whoever go in his spot to, tomorrow or whatever. Right. So um, th- that happened a lot last year, and maybe that's just what you see again is kind of that everybody be on your toes. We're going to figure this out on the fly kind of thing. Uh, to, to speak to the term pitching depth, I think the second word is more important than the first, to be quite honest. And I think that might point to the direction of what kind of moves Rick is talking about, what kind of moves that could be uh, on the come here. I don't think that you're necessarily talking about Carlos Rodon or a pitcher of that caliber as much as you are someone who can provide depth. Oh, and is your thing Carlos Rodon more, or is it hatred for Dallas Keuchel? Oh, it's more Carlos Rodon. Okay. I, I, I was <laughs> tweeting all throughout, especially, I mean, May and April, like every single time, especially like the New York start that he had uh, in, in New York where he shut down the Yankees. Like, I was tweeting out Jerry Payum. Like, I mean, like that, that's been my vibe entirely watching Carlos Rodon in 2021. I think he, that he unlocked something. I think Ethan Katz unlocked something. I think that you finally saw the potential meet the person. Like, I, I think that you had that unlocked. You, you had confidence build up. You had uh, everything just lined up the right way. And the only thing that hasn't lined up for him is health. And yes, that is a gamble, but he, he's been able to show you that he can at least give you 100-plus innings at a time in a season. So maybe that plays into the factor, too, because you don't have Crochet who can give you four innings, but maybe he can give you three. Kopech might be able to give you five every six. You know, Raylo is good, but maybe he's not a starter good. Lance Lynn has some knee problems, so maybe to fill out that that that, that rotation, you do bring back Carlos Rodon. I don't know if that's that's going to happen, though, because it might be a lot of money <laughs> to yeah, add to this should team. be a lot of money. You mentioned, you mentioned something else there that I think is impactful for this pitching depth discussion, and that is... Look what became of Carlos Rodon and Dylan Cease thanks to an entire offseason mm-hmm. and an entire spring of working with Ethan Katz last year. That is out the window for these guys this year, and maybe it's specifically we're talking about Michael Kopech. Maybe we're talking about everybody in that rotation yeah. because it would, it would help Cease, I, I think, too. It would, ha- it, would, yeah. it would have helped Cease. It would have helped Giolito. It would have helped uh, you know a lot of different guys working with Katz. You know what I'm saying? And I think that when you're talking about – going out and getting depth, you might need guys to be able to do that because they might not be as effective as they would have had they had the time to work with Cats. Giolito might be the only guy I'm like not worried about not working with Cats because I he know knows. that, I know that they're not supposed to talk to each other, but also like they're best friends. So it's also like... It'd be kind of weird if you, if something happened at work and you weren't allowed to talk to one of your best friends right. for three months. <laughs> <It'd be> very <laughs> odd uh, to just be shut out from like your old high school coach. Like, like now I can't talk to my, 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 my junior year uh, science teacher you know, right. for, for the next three months. I'm sure the White Sox had a plan for that. Cats probably gave them a pro program before the lockout started. Yeah, Rick Say, mentioned hey, that hey, before the lockout yeah, started. Yeah. Do this. I'll see you whatever. And I'm sure Lucas and you know Ethan met up every once in a while. There's no way to track that. Burner Absolutely. phones. Just get burner phones. Exactly. Yeah, burner just phones. Yeah, down the just like wire. Just, <laughs> just keep it in the DM. Just throwing, hey, yeah. Meet me, meet me at the ballpark. All right. Click. There's no paparazzi <laughs> chasing uh, Ethan Katz around. So you know, just show up to a coffee shop and maybe you'll we'll see Lucas Giolito and Ethan Katz. Like, hey, you guys had a conversation <laughs> and a brief coffee. You co- that's gonna. Yeah. Cost someone you. in the coffee shop's like, "Hey, weren't you the worst pitcher in 2018?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Smith. thank you. And I, I think that uh, just to wrap it up, uh, your your thoughts, Vinny, about like maybe uh, the, maybe there's a six man rotation. Like all we have been able to do, uh, whether it's you know podcasters, whether it's writers, whether it's Rick Hahn, the general manager of the White Sox. All you can do is think during the lockout. And that's all that they did. They're planning, they're thinking, which, hey, 
you know, that's good. At least they weren't taking it off. You know, at least they weren't <laughs> golfing or something like that. Uh, it, you know, it is something that I think is interesting, though, just because I didn't, I, I kind of theorized, like, I don't think Tony would be down for a six-man rotation. It does seem like a little, you know, non-traditional, non-conservative. I think that he likes having five guys that he can trust. Give me my five best starters each and every day. I think what Herb said is more true, is that Lance Lynn would not be down for a six-man rotation. <laughs> I think so, too. Uh, let's first talk Wait, about... Uh, real quick, look yeah. at Matty Ice here. I guess we don't need the wire burner phones. Apparently, FaceTime video has no logs. Oh, there you go. There you yeah, go. and Ethan Katz can FaceTime, and we know Giolito's a Twitch streamer, so he can figure that out. Uh, real quick, I want to mention our friends over at PointsBet. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register from your account, start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up at the Fastic Fastest sportsbook, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So, what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Leave, live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Now we're going to step into the shoes of Rick Hahn. We're going to play Rick Hahn for a day. We did it yesterday. Now we're picking... Rick Hahn for two days. Rick Hahn for two days. <laughs> uh, the very uh, elaborate uh, package that they don't offer. They always offer the, the GM for a day, but two days is you're pushing the envelope. But we're going to be doing what Rick Hahn's doing right now. He got off that Zoom and immediately started calling people, I bet. We're picking a free agent. We're talking about how they could help the White Sox. Herbie, I'm going to go to you first. You have the, the, the whole pick. We have, Hervini hasn't picked one. I haven't picked one yet. You could pick any free agent to add to the Chicago White Sox. Rick Hahn mentions pitching depth. I know fans want a right fielder. Vinny wants a second baseman. What free agent are you picking? Well, if we're going to go for the upper echelon, we've already discussed the guy that I think most of us want. It's Kyle Schwarber. He fits in with this team perfectly. He's young. He's looking for a big-time deal. So a one-year deal, prove it again, off of his year he had with the Washington Nationals and the Boston Red Sox would be ideal for the White Sox. He can fit in either right field. He's got a nice arm. Uh, even though he doesn't play right field necessarily, he's more of a left fielder, mm -hmm. he can have right there for a designated hitter for the White Sox. I think Kyle Schwarber would be the perfect marriage for the White Sox and himself. He can get his value reevaluated and next year go for his three to four to five year uh, extension deal. And he's still in his uh, youth. And he's still like 28, 29. Uh, yeah, he's uh, 29. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's right. He's right for the taking. I would love for the White Sox to go out and get Kyle Schwarber. It'll be perfect. And I was going more the catchers initially, but I know you guys want a more of a big splash person. <laughs> I was going like Robinson Torinos or well, Kurt that's Suzuki. fine. I mean, it's, it's it's pick a free agent. Just because those just, are free agents. I just don't like the White Sox backup catcher situation. So whatever veteran catcher, and you're asking, is Kurt Suzuki better than Zach Collins? Yes, I'm better no. than Zach Collins. Come on now, mm, I don't know about that. You don't think I can hit better than Zach Collins? I'm not trying. I'm not trying. I can run better than no one. Look, I'm not <laughs> trying to be rude to anybody on this panel, but I know, I know that if I needed to crouch for even like five minutes in a catcher position, I would not be able to do that. So even for three innings, I don't even think I could do Zach Collins' job. I don't want to talk too much crap about being able to catch. I just don't catch. feel like falling <laughs> off the table from Yasmani Grandal, who I think is a elite top of level catcher, and you know he does not catch. Well, sometimes in, you know, framing is a little off sometimes and catching balls that are thrown to him sometimes are, pro are problems. But right. you fall off the table from him to Semi Zavala or yeah. Zach Collins. So I would just want a replacement level catchers. Kurt Suzuki is that in his old age, 38. Robinson Chirino. So you can get one of the Romine brothers. Austin Romine, I think, is the shortstop. And I think the other one is the catcher. So whichever base level replacement level catcher is available out there won't cost you a lot of bit a lot of money and they'll play what 40 games this year yeah fine I, I don't love Suzuki the the backup catcher market is extremely thin I was looking up Ronnie Freeman uh, to see if he would have been a viable Who's option he? exactly no I spent two hours is trying he to related to Freddie the hell is Ronnie Freeman Ron, Ronnie Freeman uh, backup catcher for the Sacramento River Cats but and the, the, not, the, the not Giants related to Freddie he's the Sacramento River Cats backup catcher 
Yeah, and and that, but that's the options you need to so look at. He's the at. number four at best catcher a, on the a Giants. Thirty-one year old who who never made his MLB debut. I mean, like that's the options I'm looking for. I'm trying to find you the best one. Uh, Jimbo says Chicago's fascination with backup catcher and QP is eternal, uh, which is true. Uh, but it is a need. Uh, I I love Schwarber. Uh, that's a name that I've brought up before. I think that if you put him in guaranteed right field with the uh, the park factors for right field. Home runs are a premium in, in guaranteed right field. They need to take advantage of it. And I think you need to take advantage of your home ballpark. You put Kyle Schwarber in it. You're going to have 50 home runs from him, I think. And you look at Kyle 50. Schwarber. 50. In one season. 50 in one season if he's healthy. 50 home runs. If you're giving him the DH position left or with right field, a guaranteed right field, you will see a big donkey. 50 home runs. Wow. Adam Dunn style. The only players, uh, there's 17 players in the MLB name to hurts. hit over 30 home runs last year, have over 60 walks, and have an OPS plus of over 130. Kyle Schwarber was one of them. He did, uh, you know, and, and the names are Freddie Freeman, Paul Goldschmidt, John Carlos, John Carlos uh, Bryce Harper, Max Muncie. Ronnie Freeman. Adding, Ronnie Freeman. Yeah. You're adding a premium, premium bat to the White Sox, and I love the Schwarber edition. That would have been my pick, so you stole that one from me, Herbie. Who's your free agent you if you're picking first? one? Yeah, I mean, Sorry, I, I'll, 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 I'll be honest. I think that may – I agree with you guys. I think that makes a ton of sense. I think I, I think it would be more of an everyday DH situation probably. Yeah. Obviously, these days, nobody's really an everyday DH anymore, maybe besides uh, the last we saw of Edwin Encarnacion. <laughs> Nelson Cruz, uh, but who's but not yeah, in the Nelson league anymore. Cruz, yeah. But, yeah, you know, but I, I think that would work. I think there's a lot of other areas that they can go. I've – talked about how I think they need to add some more to the bullpen. I would love to see that. Herb, a guy you've mentioned a lot is Colin McHugh, and I think somebody who can have some innings as well as some effective relief pitching would be very valuable for this team to make it more than just Reynaldo Lopez, uh, you know, at, when when innings are needed there. Um, I will talk about Chris Bryant because I think Chris <laughs> Bryant will would be uh, – I think he would solve that problem that I've been talking about of them needing a bat. You know what I mean? And I think you drop Chris Bryant into this lineup and people are going to be scared. And and I think he would – it'd be very strange because everybody here in Chicago knows him as a third baseman. He would probably be the everyday right fielder if he were to come to the White Sox, which is I'm fine. Uh, a lot of versatility there, though, that he can be moved around wherever Tony La Russa wants him. Who loves that versatility does Tony. So um, I think that would be a very good add. Obviously, Chris Bryant is about to get a lot of money, and it – you know, someone might want to pay it a little more than a, a team that's already got a very good offensive lineup in the White Sox. Um, but he would be quite the addition. I think that it is maybe not the most pressing need of theirs to go get a guy like Chris Bryant, but yeah. that would that would be something. I tried to manifest it during the trade deadline last year. Like I was, I was wishing on stones. I, I was trying to grow. I was trying to get Chris Bryant on the the, the White Sox. You know, I was trying to do all this crazy. You were stuff. wishing on Steve Stone. Yeah, wishing on Steve Stone too. Yeah, I, I had I had this little stone that you know, my my girlfriend gave me, and then I was also wishing on Steve Stone right. as well. Uh, shout out to Steve Stone. Hold on, we're gonna need to explore the stone thing. Maybe not today, but no, it's so it's we're blowing past it, Laura. So I know no, we're not blowing past it. So <laughs> um, you know, like there's you know. Girls are into like a stra- I mean, not all girls. I mean, you know, not girls. That's way go. too. It's oh, way boy. too black and white. All but, right. Uh, at least my girlfriend. Of the day. At least my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, girlfriend uh, is into astrology and into uh, you know some stones and stuff. And she gave me the stone because I'm short. I'm five eight, five nine on a good day. I was trying to grow a couple inches. So she gave me the stone to wish, and you're manifesting. Uh, you're, you're manifesting through the stone. Didn't work. I'm still five eight. Uh, and also didn't work because Chris Bryant's not on the White Sox. So I, I, again, I, I said I did it. It didn't work. Which one was it, Ronnie, Mick? For- Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. It was. It was Keith. Keith. Yeah, it was Keith. Keith. Yeah. Uh, that, that's 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 the best stone. So uh, that's my go. girlfriend's favorite stone. So we'll go with <laughs> we'll go with Keith. Uh, and obviously, we have the YouTube chat. So throw out some any free agents. Pick a free agent. Throw them up. Lawrence will pop them up on the or screen. Or stones. Throw out your favorite stone. Throw, or your, throw favorite out your favorite stone. stone. Is it Steve? Is it Charlie Watts? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Rest uh, in peace, Charlie. Yep. If I have to pick a free agent, I want to talk about real quick. Michael Conforto. Uh, you know, adding to the right field. I think right field's fine. I think they can get by with Angle, Vaughn, and, and Sheets. Uh, adding Schwarber to DH solves that position and you have not been able to solve that position and you have three shots to solve it in right field then with Ingle Vaughn and Sheets I think you could figure that out now with with Conforto though he is a name that I think would easily solve that position and then lead you to having Vaughn and Sheets in maybe more comfortable positions at a DH and it's it's a nice platoon with the lefty righty there so I think Conforto would be the cleanest way to solve the White Sox problems because then you have DH figured out, you have right field figured out, second base, is, it becomes still an issue. But if I, I think that they're fine with Leary at second base, or at least that's if you're what getting I a think the base vibe base. is from, from the Sox. I think Rakan's fine with If Leary you're getting a second baseman, you got to trade for one at this point. Yes. There, there are no more enticing free agents, you know, second like, baseman out there. Was it Brad Miller? 
is available. Brad Miller is like the one. Yeah, the former I, bull. I, uh, yeah. Brad Miller hits the shot, hits the shot, going back. I always thought, I always thought this would be great if our Bulls guys were here. But I always thought, you know, the Jordan, the famous Jordan wingspan poster. I always wanted the Brad Miller hits the three against the Celtics as the as the wingspan poster. I thought that would have been great. I mean, Jed Lowry's out there too. I mean, Jed Lowry. If you think that the A's ba- uh, bounce back in twenty twenty one was a real thing, I mean, he's still out there. He's a, he's a veteran guy, switch hitter. So you know, you got double switch hitters then at second base. I mean, he's Does better than Lurie, but I don't think it's a. Huge but he's no Glaber Torres. I don't know. Yeah, he's not no Glaber. Uh, and but. Also, I don't know if he's better than Leary because Leary gives you more versi- versatility. I mean, L- Jed Lowry can play second base. And right. Leary can give you I mean, outfield, and third, put, shortstop, second. Right, but Having you Jed, need a second baseman yeah. because then Leary can go do all that That's stuff. That's true. All right. right. Uh, <laughs> Fred says uh, the number one pick is Emma Stone uh, in, in the Stone draft. No so. mention of Sharon yet? No no mention. Yeah. Of, oh, there's Greg oh, Miller there's mentioning Greg. Uh, a Sharon nice. Stone. Yeah. Uh, we got one minute left. Uh, Keith Richards definitely from, yeah. from Courtney. Yeah. Uh, romancing the Stone mentioned by Matt Ryan uh, as well. Uh, no one wants free agents. Uh, Brian, well, let, well, here, I'll, I'll go to one serious one. Uh, Bryant would be more valuable than a free agent because because uh, in the event of an injury, the Sox would have the versatility to fill in uh, for an injury uh, to someone like Moncada. Absolutely. Which, which is That's true. a valuable you know, asset. Uh, sure. Even if, you know, Jose Abreu goes down, no, knock on wood, and I know I'm, you know, number one Jose Abreu hater. <laughs> you, uh, you know, Chris Bryant has versatility everywhere. So, I, I mean, that's definitely the easiest way to fix the White Sox uh, problems is just by having a guy who could do it all. Brian, give you but, a couple innings on the mound, too, probably. Think? Maybe you could maybe you could back up. Yes, should we do that? Yes. Should we do that real quick? Just you know, real briefly before uh, before we end this, a, a, pit, a position player draft for the White Sox. If you have to put one position player on the White Sox on the mound, who would it be? Larry. It's obviously obviously Uri. That's the answer. Uh, Someone said Stone Cold Steve Austin for right field. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, This is CHGO White Sox. You can follow us on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. And as Lawrence put up, we are happy to be back. Liam Hendricks smiling on the mound. It's great to see him (laughs) swearing his ass off on the mound. This is the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Again, use the code CHGO when you sign up to live your bet life. For Vinny Duber, who will be going into Arizona tomorrow. Safe travels, my friend. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He'll have all this great content for you, all this great spring training content for you on Twitter. Go follow him, at Vinny Duber. Yes, he's going to come back with a nice tan. We're going to be so jealous of him. Uh, I mean... I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> you sweat a little bit too much for Arizona, huh? Yes. <laughs> uh, Herb Lawrence is the man in the middle. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you all for participating in our live chat. You made this very, very special and have made this first week very, very special. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll tweet out a time from at CHGO underscore White Sox. But again, Thank you so much to all of you for watching. Thank you to PointsBet for being our presenting sponsor. And we will talk to you tomorrow. uh, We'll talk to you tomorrow for more White Sox baseball.